Welcome to RU Data Smart, the weekly podcast that touches on data security, privacy, data strategies, and all things related to the information that you and your company have, how to protect it, and how to maximize its value. I'm Jay Ward. And I'm Christian Ward. And today, I think a great way to start this series is to discuss some of, well, really, an introduction to the legality around data security. I think from the business perspective, there are a lot of things to consider when it comes to what authorities, what laws are out there, what jurisdictions. And as data and the use of data in your strategy is a global approach, um, no matter how small you are, depending on where your customers live, you've got to get a sense of what are the sort of um, regulations and laws that are important to be knowledgeable about. And I think we'll, we'll start today with um, sort of the, the classic understanding of what is the difference really between privacy, data security, and the actual you know effect uh, on companies depending on how they uh, handle those items. Uh, Jay, I'm always re- reminded of uh, the Benjamin Franklin quote on you know, three men can keep a secret so long as two of them are dead. And, and, and I find it very funny that, you know, we're trying to build both technology and business models that can sort of handle that level of secrecy. But what is really the main structure out there? Well, it's a great question. And, and I think a lot of people conflate secrecy and privacy and data security as all kind of one thing. From a legal perspective, secrecy is its pretty much nothing. It's something that you whisper into your pillow. A, a secret is outside of the realm of national security or the Bank Secrets Act, Bank Secrecy Act. There's really no such thing as secrecy under the law. Uh, there's confidentiality, there's privacy, and there's security. And for our purposes, the question is, what is data security and what is privacy? Are they the same? Um, and they're certainly related, but to my mind, data security is a means to an end. And if the end is securing information, then data security is the means to achieve privacy. Um, you know, in the United States, the law doesn't really have any formal recognition of privacy as a right to be preserved. I mean, there's some talk about it in, in you know, constitutional law cases from the 60s and 70s. But for the most part, privacy isn't a critical or central component of how the law works in this country. It's the complete opposite in Europe. By law, in the Charter of Human Rights and in uh, the Treaty of Rome and the Treaty of Lisbon, the European Union takes privacy very very seriously. It's a fundamental right. So when you're talking about privacy in Europe, think about it the way we think of free speech in the United States. So data security is really what you're doing to safeguard information, regardless of why you're doing it, whether it's to protect your consumers, to maintain a business advantage, or to secure your privacy. Privacy is the end goal, uh, whether it's by law or just by design. They're separate concepts that are related to one another. So that's fascinating. I, I actually was not aware of the concept of, you know, a, a basic fundamental right to privacy um, in these other jurisdictions, particularly in Europe. That's that's fascinating. You know, partially because when we think about it from a business perspective, building out your um, data warehousing, where you have um, people entering data, uh, where people interact with the data through a UI versus where the data is stored. These are huge questions. Uh, the cloud has obviously opened up an enormous uh, new capability to businesses to solve for that. But I, I tend to think that um, taking that step back and looking at the historical perspective as pri- of privacy as a right is kind of an amazing way to then approach uh, data architectures and business approach um, to managing and handling data because it's just it's just not the way we think uh, here in the United States in terms of privacy. 
Yeah, that's right. And, and the interesting thing is, you started with the Franklin quote, and I'll throw one back. Uh, it seems that the only people who've ever said anything ever are Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and Mark Twain. Um, but one of the things that Franklin apparently... Oscar Wilde. I love Oscar Wilde. Too. Wilde and Churchill, yeah. So the Irish, the English, and the Americans are the only ones who've ever said anything. But um, the he said that, you know, the great line, you know, people who would trade a bit of uh, freedom for uh, security deserve neither. Um, and that's just... that. That makes some sense, but in the re- in the reality of today's legal framework, it doesn't because everything is a trade-off between the facility and the convenience of lightning fast computing, cloud computing, and cloud storage, and the right to privacy, whether or not it's it's enshrined in, in te- legal texts or not. So one thing that I always you know try to caution my clients to do is to evaluate meaningfully what the trade-off is and you know how sensitive is the data that you're handling if you're talking about you know you're you have customers and you've retained their mailing address and you know what their last order from you was and their social security number i think you can come up with a pretty clear hierarchy of which of those is more sensitive and is subject to more uh safeguards and needs more security around it and you know if you understand data as a component of privacy. You know, each individual datum is a piece of the puzzle, the mosaic that creates your digital and online identity. You need to be thoughtful about what you're doing to protect that data. So it's, you know, as I said, it's not a clear answer in any way what's data, you know, where do, where do the lines between data security and privacy and convenience stop? But these are the questions that you have to be asking yourself. Absolutely, which which kind of brings me to the the, the opening around um, GDPR, um, the schema around it, the general schema, and I'd love to touch a little bit on the FTC's approach to this as well and what their basic frameworks are. Can you tell us a little bit from the the legal perspective what is the general schema uh, around GDPR, and 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 uh, in particular, I'd love to focus on you know what are the effects for businesses in the United States and how they interact with companies um, in the EU. Yeah, so if you're not following closely the goings-on in Brussels about uh, data security regulation, and I don't know why you would be, but if you if you hadn't, uh, four or five years ago, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really have known that this was brewing. Um, probably the single most significant data security law in the world. I mean, uh, not probably, it is. Um, the General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR, is a worldwide regulation. It doesn't just apply only in Europe. If you process information about European citizens and you market your services there or you have an establishment there, this regulation applies to you no matter where you are in the world. Um, The GDPR is about creating an enforceable and in many ways um, widely understood framework for data security. And the, the there are a lot of concepts, and you know you can read about them in the blog. You can see them all over the place. But there are two primary concepts. One is protecting the fundamental right of European citizens to the to their privacy, to their personhood, on uh, as it's found in information, and enforcing those rights through a robust regime. And by robust, I mean violations of the GDPR's data security requirements can cost a company 20 million euros or up to 4% of its annual global turnover. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. wait. Um, what? Say that again? Yeah. Yeah. 20 million euros or 4% of annual global turnover. And, so, and is there any, sorry to interrupt, but is there any precedent, uh, obviously this hasn't gotten into effect yet, but when you say fines like that, I mean, we're, um, that's, 
that's an entire company's business. Uh, what what do you expect? Is it going to be on a scale? Is it going to be per infraction? So if there's you know 50 instances of a visible face or a face that can be identified, uh, stored somewhere it shouldn't, it, what, what are you expecting uh, in terms of how they rule on those fines? The I'm going to give you the classic lawyer answer of we're really not quite sure yet. Um, but that's the, the truth is we're waiting to see what this regulation is going to look like in practice. We're waiting to see how each country's individual supervisory authority, because um, under the federal system that the EU has, each, each member state will have its own supervisory authority that will enforce and regulate uh, the GDPR. So if you're primarily doing business in, uh, Fran- in, in, in France, the CNIL will do it. If you're in Germany, it's the BFDI. Um, and they're going to have you know idiosyncrasies in the way that they enforce it. So we don't know how it's going to look. There is an ultimate authority. There's an, the European Data Protection Board that can resolve disputes and sort of oversees the process. Um, but no one knows how aggressive regulators are going to be from the get-go. Um, you know, there is no exception for small and medium-sized enterprises either. I mean, if you're Facebook, you're subject to it. If you are a mom-and-pop travel agency that you know has a, a, a one-room office in 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 Belgium, it applies to you too. Um, so GDPR is unprecedented. There's never been anything like it before. And the closest thing that I can liken it to uh, in this country is the Securities and Exchange Act and the Securities Act um, in, in the wake of the Great Depression. I mean, it was that was a fundamental change in the way an entire industry was regulated. This is a fundamental change in the way every industry is regulated if that industry is touching data and is touching European citizens. Absolutely makes sense. Uh, you know, I, I think we're, we're, we're set up for some, some really interesting back and forths between um, global companies and, and regulators. But um, as, as you've pointed out, this is not merely just a you know, large company or global company problem or a concern. It, it really touches upon everyone. Uh, there is no carve out for mid and small small size companies to, to comply with these things. So Jay, I, I think that's a great place for us to uh, stop where, you know, we've given a pretty good framework around, you know, GDPR, um, the FTC, and ultimately kind of the difference that you started with in the conversation, which is um, setting up frameworks to be able to handle these things, uh, to understand the difference between privacy and data security, uh, and that means to an end to ensure that you're, you're, you're uh, staying in line with all regulations. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Are You Data Smart? And we'll be back next week with more information diving into some data strategies and how they also will be affected by upcoming regulation. Thank you, everyone. Thanks again.